Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Final hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Crew is all here. You can interact with us at Outkick 360 on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube is where you can find us there in the chat. Also, uh, you can join us on podcasts, wherever you download your podcast. And we say hello to everyone in the Upper Cumberland listening live on Sports Radio 104.7. Florence, Alabama, Muscle Shoals, Fox Sports Shoals, Fox Sports Knoxville. We say hello tonight, Thursday night football, Cowboys and Saints. And Paul, uh, just coming back from break, uh, sits down and says, hey, I've got a really good FanDuel bet that I'm, I'm, I'm making a recommendation that he's making at FanDuel.com slash OK360. Well, I have strong feelings about two players in this game. Taysom Hill, who I hate, and Tony Pollard, who I love. Taysom Hill, under 211.5 passing yards. I just don't see him getting anything going. And Tony Pollard, look, the, uh, the Saints' run defense is not what it had been several weeks ago. Tony Pollard, 40-plus yards. I think Zeke gets that we talked about this earlier maybe toned down a little bit heading into a uh, a mini buy yeah and tony pollard's been pretty damn good lately yes plus 210 on this and it's the over in yardage for tony pollard i say this uh, because i'm going right now you, to you have to happen. you have to find alternate rushing yards okay so 40 plus in alternate rushing yards yeah, Zeke, so it's a pretty good payout. I Zeke's been slowed by the knee injury. 50 bucks on it. It pays out over uh, 105, something like that. He scored nine touchdowns this season. Eight of them have come at home, speaking of Ezekiel Elliott. And Dallas, starting tonight, will play their next three games on the road. They're, they're against the Saints tonight. They will play at Washington and at New York against the Giants in two divisional matchups. Um, and even if they don't, and they don't tone, have their head coach. Tonight. Even if they don't tone that down, Zeke Pollard gets carries. Sure, and forty yards isn't a, a you know he, huge he night by for far, Tony Pollard. I, the graphic I found that I, I that I, I love the stat that that they put up on Fox on for Thursday's last Thursday's Thanksgiving game of the number of carries for running backs who have not received a single start all season. And so He's you start thinking about that. I'm like, man, how do they track this? And um, anyway, Kareem Hunt would be good if he was healthy. Yeah, he'd do well in that. But category. he may have received a start because of the you know oh, right. someone yeah, with in front uh, with Chubb out. So uh, it, it, by far, he oh, Pollard was like by 100 carries. I mean, there were some guys on the list that had like 18 carries for the season. You know, um, he's. He's been really, really good. Now, meanwhile, for for I mentioned McCarthy's out for Dallas. We're not going to see Kamara, according to reports. He's not playing again for the Saints. And they're also down their two tackles with uh, Ramzik and um, Armstead. They're both down. So they're banged up just like the, the Cowboys are on defense. They're trying to get some yeah, guys Taysom back Hill's on defense. going to be under fire. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be a very competitive game. I say that a lot of times, and and things go uh, crazy. Saints, so. Saints do not have Davenport, Marcus Davenport. Uh, he's out with a shoulder injury, and then they've already ruled out the linebacker, Caden Ellis, uh, with the hamstring injury. Ellis, for those who may recall, the, the Fanta, I call it the Phantom, roughing the passer call when the Saints were here in Nashville against Tannehill. That was Ellis who committed that penalty or the phantom, whatever you want to call it. He was flagged for that, and it gave the Titans an extra life after Tannehill threw a pick. You asked Armando a good question about the uh, COVID coaches missing, not, not yeah. killing his teams. I thought he had a good answer about <clears throat> the that layers of coaches yeah. and all that. Also, I think these teams now, <clears throat> second year of COVID, I think last year during training camp, they really um, – <clears throat> put things into practice, got their systems down, all of that. I saw firsthand what, what Mike Vrabel was doing um, in terms of having his special teams coach and his coaches ready. They had coaches, uh, positional coaches, miss games and, and function with that. But I think they really worked those systems to get things ready and have kept that machine greased. And every team now kind of has that system and is ready. And so if a head coach tests positive for COVID, there is not that reaction there was at the beginning where you, the yeah. alarm bells go off and there's panic. The thing is, oh, we, we're ready for this. We've worked the system. We know, we know how to operate. We just go into COVID coach mode. But there's always one or two decisions in a game that comes down to that head coach. Always. Oh, and always. It's most, sometimes five to ten. But you know, a big challenge here. Like Vrabel is four for four on challenges now this season. Two of them, which were um, no-brainers. I mean, he's padding his stats because the officials more, are missing, yeah, obviously. I know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, more and more coaches are going for it on fourth down at like a 60% conversion rate, 60 to 65% conversion rate across the league on fourth down. So those are impactful plays where you have to sometimes, most of the time you're going by analytics. I think, too, though, a lot of that stuff is, is kind of predetermined. Yeah. Like in the offseason or during the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I read. I read that something. just devalues the head coach to me. That well, someone could be out with COVID, and well, it's all predetermined anyway. So, it's not to the degree of baseball like what that we've talked about, where you know, pitchers coming out after he goes through the lineup two times. But there is more of that, not to the degree. Well, if that, I'm a, if, my point is, if I'm a head coach making millions, the last thing I want to do is sit out one of seventeen oh, hell games, no. hell no, and have my team look every bit as good as when I'm there. Well, especially but you want them, well, I'm not saying you're rude against them, no, but, but for the value say, of the coach, that's that's not what you want. No, but I think the coach would say, look how well prepared I've done with my staff, not just my team. And my staff is executing what I've prepared my staff for, yeah. just like I've prepared my team for, and that they could survive without me is a testament to me. I guess. A uh, little bit of college football news. Yep. Um, <clears throat> a little bit earlier today, Adrian Martinez in the transfer portal at Nebraska. You love that guy. So Good. that is one uh, one that is one to watch, I think, for uh, Nebraska fans probably rejoicing right now. But what are the options Who's for Adrian in? Martinez? Where does where does he go? Away. Logan Smothers is uh, was the guy who started against uh, Iowa, who is from uh, shout out to our affiliate station in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, from Muscle Shoals, Alabama, now playing now, I guess, the presumptive starter at quarterback for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Better. I oh, mean, it can't be worse. Not according to Scott Frost. Because who did Scott Frost start oh, the entire time? He's loyal. 
coaches are making poor choices on starting quarterbacks across the country. Um, Josh Heupel did it. I mean, he got there relatively quick compared to what college coaches do a lot. Yeah, of but the these time. these quarterback guys are starting the wrong guys, and then they either luck into it because of an injury, injury. or you know they're forced to make a change because they're just so bad. And luckily for Heupel's sake and fans' sake, you had Hendon Hooker who came in and was just excellent. The issue with um, with Martinez is not a lack of productivity, as he is going to be by far the all-time leader in almost everything at Nebraska, and he had some really good games from a yardage and touchdown standpoint. The problem with Adrian Martinez is he just has a tendency to make losing plays in the fourth quarter. He's not clutch. And he did it over and over and over again. And it was, if everything was going the way of the defense playing well, he would make the bad play in the end that would cost them the game against a good opponent. He just never came out of nowhere to make those winning plays. Or even just avoid the losing plays late. So it was always, you know, it's a fool me once, fool me twice scenario. He would get, he would look good over the course of a game and then blow it in the end. It's not the resume you want. No. Um, a story that's not getting enough coverage uh and i think it it also it shines light on how we cover different sports um baseball to football uh the the it's a it's a pay for site businessinsider.com figured out and major league baseball admitted that they used two different baseballs this season i saw this headline i couldn't read anything about it teams players uh those involved in the game uh vegas Vegas I had no idea had no idea that two different baseballs were being used and before you say oh big deal um there are the cbssports.com put out a tweet at sportsline that has computer models based on home runs and they stopped putting out over unders because the numbers were so wonky that's not my <laughs> not my phrasing it's John Bowman's phrasing at sportsline um and the, 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 what they were doing, they changed the core of the baseball. They softened it, or uh, there was a harder, a hard a harder soft core. Yeah, and they blamed it on COVID that they couldn't produce the new baseball that they went to, but they produced some, and then they integrated these baseballs into the batch, but you didn't know, I guarantee you somebody did, you didn't know which baseballs were being used on any given pitch or oh. any given game. So they just and mixed them together? Yeah. They mixed them together. Oh. Here's the tweet from it. This is the pay for site, and I'm not paying for the article uh, from businessinsider.com, but the pitch to get you to click on it, and it's worth, I mean, it, it's worth getting the story out. It needs to be unlocked because baseball needs to be exposed for yeah, this. I, I, could I, could you if pay we were deflating footballs and making and, and treating deflated footballs that no one knew about, like a summer story over three months where daily we're getting updates and investigations and Congress is getting involved. Uh, you're hiring private investigators. There's something to this. And this is BS for all of the baseball people who raise their hand and say, oh, it's about history and protecting the game. This rips at the core of that argument. Did you know, this is the pitch on Twitter, did you know MLB used not one, but two different balls all season and that the balls were designed to perform differently on purpose? You didn't? Well, the players, coaches, execs, and scouts I spoke said they didn't either. Buckle in. We have a story to tell. And they, they broke down this Good information 
to the point where Major League Baseball admitted that they did, in fact, use two different baseballs, but only because the COVID season stopped production on the new baseball that they're bringing into the game. The problem with that is they brought some of the new baseballs in and didn't remove the old ones. Well, that what is you do, BS. Listen, if you have a production problem legitimately... Especially for this spider tech crap yeah, that we If went you through. have a production problem legitimately, then wouldn't the thing you do is you, you use the <clears> new <throat> baseballs until you run out of them and then go to the old ones? Or you use the old ones until you, you have enough of the new ones? Exactly. You, or, you can't mix them together. No. Because these pitchers, who were not sympathetic figures, to me anyway, most of the way, now it takes a huge turn for me. And I'm completely sympathetic. Because... If I'm throwing a certain way and getting a certain result and a guy fouls a ball off and then I get a different ball and it's the ball B and I'm doing the same exact thing I was just doing and getting an entirely different result, you're screwing with my arm, you're screwing with my head, you're screwing with my contract, you're screwing with my livelihood. Where is the logic behind that? Where are the smart people making decisions here? Well, did it really screw with their head? They're all saying they didn't even know. It screws with the numbers. It screws the numbers, but I mean, it's not screwing anybody's head. They well, don't even know the it, difference. But is it not screwing with your oh, head screw, when you're looking well, at the numbers they, and trying to figure it, out here's, why here's am where I they so know, Here's where they know it would have been a controversial decision. Because if they would have announced, hey, we've got some of the new balls in there and some of the old ones, have fun. Well, we got destroyed. That's where you get in the pitcher's head and the batter's head. They're constantly thinking about, was that home run one of the new ones? Or one of the old ones. They're thinking about it more no, that they, way. Not only that, Chad, they couldn't admit to it because they're fining and removing pitchers for spider Now, tech. that part of it is ridiculous. I also hear the story, and I think, maybe Rob Manfred is some sort of evil genius because that's pretty brilliant. If you wanted to do a, a surprise scientific study on the difference in a season between the two balls them. and see what goes on, it's also completely wrong because of the emphasis Imagine, that you mentioned Hutton put, placed on spider and then tech. Let's bring and in gambling. Let's bring and in Vegas. Gambling. What if somebody knows yes. and you put the right ball in the right game at the right time and you go to over help the home assure that, that you get the home run or that you don't get the home run? I mean, this is the cloudy stuff. That, it, it absolutely introduces the thought of impropriety. From a Vegas, from a imagine, from a from a fixing standpoint, an umpire could know, a ball boy could know, an executive well, I, I, could know. I just I, I, all well, these, here's, here's all the these holier than now baseball writers are quiet on this. They it's are silent story. on this. Imagine if the NFL had two different footballs. They use two different footballs, and that the that kicker came balls to life. Were, kicker balls were getting in the hands of quarterbacks. But they and, but they knew about it. Yeah, they knew they had two different ones, and they weren't looking at it. On which ones Super were going scandal. in when? Super scandal. This story needs to be online. Because that, the individual teams are in charge of the baseballs at these stadiums. You know, the, the mud rub or whatever they do to get the shine and slick off of it. They, they're in charge. You, you really think that the manufacturers and those shipping these things out didn't know which ones were the new and old? Yeah, who's doing the mixing? As, Something's as, up with as that. As somebody who runs a, a membership. And if, the Astros have, if the Astros did this, how would we treat the Astros? As somebody who yeah, runs, do you just boo everyone in Major League Baseball now because they're a part of Major League Baseball? Every, every no, time you go into it, let's boo both teams. As somebody who runs a membership <laughs> site, and we've had this conversation, when you've got a news story like that, you give it for free yeah, because it's big news. You get huge attention off of it, and then 
hopefully people subscribe to you saying, hey, I need to so see more of what they have. I, I, I want to give credit to Bradford William Davis is, is the um, – is the author at Business Insider. He did at least screenshot part of this and send it out in a tweet. Um, and I'll, I'll briefly go through here and try to describe what I'm seeing. Dr. Meredith Wills, an award-winning physicist, analyzed over 100 Major League Baseballs across 15 parks and made at two different weights. Major League Baseball told teams the lighter balls were deader and met new performance standards. So the heavy balls were quite the find. And they were still being inserted into games knowingly, like still rotated. But the ones based on performance standards, the new ones that Major League Baseball had created, they didn't have enough of, so they used the heavier ones. And you didn't know which one was in play at any given time. And they, they charted these. Who did? The, the site, Business Insider, charted these 100 baseballs. Oh, okay. See, I, I bet you if pitchers knew that there were two different balls, they could tell the difference. Yeah, I bet there's a heavier right. ball. I would, I would lo- if I'm looking for the difference, I could find the difference, but I have no reason to look for a difference. The, 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 the solution to this is when you find out that because of COVID production slashes or whatever, that you're not going to have enough baseballs, you just use the old baseball and you don't mix in new ones. Agreed. You wait until you have enough of them and then go completely into the new baseball the next year. But it's it's almost like what this, if they say they don't have enough. It's old almost baseball. like a, a psychological experiment that was that was put on this season that they didn't even know was happening, that they didn't recognize the difference, and now oh, everyone's going to second guess every home run they gave up, every bad pitching outing they had. They're going to start to think, oh, I wonder what ball I used that day, or if I mix and match. And then the in day. contract negotiations comes up. Well, you hit so many home runs, but that's because you got you know. Well, which ball was I hitting with? As a Braves fan, I will say, whatever they did this season, just keep yeah, doing that. Yeah, that the Braves well got the, the Braves. right mix. The Braves got the right mix of balls, and the Yankees just, no, just got the wrong Let's mix, mix it up of balls. Every year. Let's mix I, it up every I year. I know I compared the NFL to Major League Baseball. Orioles I'll, got all the wrong balls. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll compare Major League Baseball to Major League Baseball. I mean, we spent months ripping to shreds the Houston Astros for tipping pitches. Major League Baseball knowingly put a bouncier ball in play with one that – didn't meet their qualifications, and saw numbers go back and forth. You mean to tell me, and I'm, I'm being skeptical here, but I mean, that's what this is. Uh, you mean to tell me that when you've got Yankees-Red Sox on Sunday night baseball, you're not going to put the bounce of your ball in play? Get those ratings up? You got Judge at the plate? You got, And I'm using the, the home run hitters for a reason here. Um, if you've got you know Royals-Orioles, no one's going to bat an eye at the fact that you put the heavier ball in play because no one's watching. Where does the mixing occur? Is the mixing occur? Is it Wilson baseball? I'm thinking it's Wilson. It's Rawlings. Rawlings. They own does Rawlings. It, Major League does, Baseball owns Rawlings. Okay, so now. does it happen at the Rawlings factory where you've got thousands of baseballs that you're mixing up? Or does it happen in the, in the, the clubhouse attendant where you've got uh, you know, a couple hundred baseballs and you say mix those, you know, that rack and that rack together? You know, on what scale are they mixed? All, all, there's so many questions here to, to unwind about well, the scope. Pete because, Alonso, because like you're saying, is it mixed before it gets to, to the Royal Stadium for that game and to, the, and to Fenway? Or is it mixed at Fenway? Uh, uh, and is the percentage the same sent to every park? Or is somebody manipulating yeah, that? It's a great question. Uh, I guarantee you they used all those new baseballs in the Home Run Derby. Yeah, well, you would think so. So here's... Uh, 
the league acquired Rawlings in 2018. The following season, the home run rate surged to an all-time high. The league admitted that they did something to the baseball, but said the ball was not intentionally juiced. Yeah, right. Now, prior to this season, they said they were going to come back and deaden the ball in an attempt to cut down on extreme home run rates. And now we find out is that attempt to deaden the ball was actually two different baseballs being used because they didn't have enough. And a lot of pitchers have said, like, just show me what I'm working with. Just tell me what I'm working with. This runs absolutely counter to that. Bizarre. Yeah. We need to tweet at them. Everybody should tweet at Business Insider, which is, I think, at Business Insider, and say, you need to make this story free. You're sitting on a a bomb. Have you seen the statement from Major League Baseball (laughs) about all this? Read through it. They've released a statement. Every baseball used in a 2021 MLB game, without exception, met existing specifications and performed as expected. There's a range. The league said. They also admitted that there are two different weights. They did. But after approving the shift to the new recentered baseball for 2021, COVID-19 forced Rawlings to backtrack and use older balls to cover for production delays. Rawlings manufactures Major League Balls on a rolling basis at its factory in Costa Rica. Generally, balls are produced 6 to 12 months prior to being used in a game because Rawlings was forced to reduce capacity at its manufacturing facility due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The supply of recentered baseballs was not sufficient to cover the entirety of the 2021 season. To address this issue, Rawlings incorporated excess inventory into its shipments to clubs to provide a full complement of baseballs for the 2021 season. Recentered is a stupid word. Makes it sound you know like what the else center is, stupid? is somewhere different. You know what than else is stupid? Major League Baseball blaming COVID nineteen in Costa Rica yes. on a company that they own. If they wanted to build a factory and give Americans jobs, they could. They have the money to do it. And instead, their excuse is, "Oh well, guys, we couldn't do anything." Rawlings is based in Costa Rica. You own Rawlings. Well, it's not. You that could have simple. changed that if you wanted. It's not that simple because they didn't want to tell the teams, the executives, the managers, or the players about it. So something's something odd and fishy's going on more than just COVID-19 and manufacturing delays. If that's the case, then you just tell everyone up front what's going on, or you just don't integrate the new product until you have enough. That's also a novel concept. Or coming on OutKick 360. Teams positioning for the postseason. Welcome back. I'll kick 360. Titans among those teams that lead their division currently. They have the bye week. Some big games. We've previewed those throughout the show. If you miss portions of the show, you can download the podcast wherever you find your podcast. Just search out OutKick 360. We hope you'll subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Um, The NFL playoff picture starting to take shape. And the league released this earlier this week. And it ties into our our next discussion about who we're buying and selling right now among playoff contenders. They, when it comes to teams under 500, they say that this is par for the course. The league put this out in a release. Don't count out a team below 500 at this point in the season. In 15 of the past 17 seasons, at least one club with a sub-500 record after 11 games made the postseason. Two teams did it last year. Since 1990, 
24 teams have been below 500 going into week 12 and made the playoffs. Three of those clubs, the Packers, the Jets, and the Jags, advanced to their conference championship games. That's pretty good. So, And now there's one more team in the field on each side. And then you have uh, four, four division leaders who were not in the postseason last year that currently lead the division. As we look at the playoff picture, you've got Arizona, Dallas, this. and New England. So three division leaders that are currently uh, out of the postseason last year, in it right now, and getting home field advantage in the first round at least. This is from Sunday Night Football. I'm pretty sure it's behind then on the Sunday night game. I can update it. Which so, was Browns. The Sunday night game was was the, the Browns and the, the Ravens. Ravens. And then the Monday night game... Um, which include Washington. Yes, and Washington won that game. Washington right now uh, sits as the seven seed in the NFC. Ahead of the Vikings. They are one game. Yeah, they, they have the same record, but they they have now taken, the uh, taken over the last spot in the postseason. So here's, here's the playoff picture as it sits right now going into week 13. Arizona is the number one overall seed in the NFC at nine and two. Uh, Green Bay is nine and three; they're the two seed. Buccaneers, uh, Tampa at three, at eight and three, they're first in the NFC South. And the leader, as I just mentioned, in the East at seven and four, Dallas, who plays tonight. The Rams at seven and four. The Forty ers are six and five, and the Washington Football Team they're five and six. There's a team below five hundred that the NFL's pointing out. Those are the three wildcard teams right now in the NFC. And they're not just pointing out that a, a below 500 team can get into the, uh, can work its way into the playoffs. Right now, they would be in the playoffs in. under 500. The graphic I'm looking at has the Vikings as yeah, the wildcard This card is team. behind by two games. So I'm looking at Washington as the seventh seed th- right now. This graphic was up before the last two games of the weekend. That's right. Gotcha. Before Monday night okay. was played. So um, now Washington's in that seventh spot, not the Vikings. They are. Uh, gotcha. Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, your other divisional leaders, Patriots, Titans, Chiefs, in that order. Uh, right now, the Titans would be the three seed. Wildcard teams in the AFC. Cincinnati at seven and four. The Bills are seven and four. And the Chargers are six and five. Uh, right there on the bubble in the AFC at six and five. Broncos and Raiders. They're also in a three-way tie for second place in the AFC West. Of course, the Broncos are playing on the road this Sunday night against Kansas City, the leader uh, in, in their respective division. Colts and Browns sit at 6-6, six and six, and you have to go away before you find a team below 500 in the AFC because the Steelers have a tie, so they're 5-5-1. Five, five and one. And then you get to Miami. That's won four straight games, and they sit at 5-7. and seven. Third in the AFC East, but they're currently in the 13th seed. But they continue to win, and they will start to really jump up this pecking order uh, if they continue this winning streak on what is well, a very winnable schedule down the stretch for Miami. But well, who who are we buying and selling right now among these teams that are wild card slash on the bubble? Isn't it interesting how for a while the Titans could look at Miami and say, "Well, there's a win." Yeah, and now all of a sudden Miami's looking at that game saying. There's a win and a possible yeah. chance to put ourselves in the playoffs well, let with me, a win Let me start. I, I've got one major concern with one team that, that is in right now. Okay. And I love the Bengals. Bengals had the second easiest schedule so far. 
they've got the fifth toughest left. Listen to this slate. Uh, uh, Chargers this weekend in a game that I love. San Francisco at Denver, Baltimore, Kansas City at Cleveland. That is a murderer's row. So even if they're as good as I think they are, there are a lot of games to be lost in that stretch. Yeah, I worry about them, and I think if they get in, they're getting in at six or seven. They're not getting in right now at, at five, and I worry about them slipping out. I don't know who's coming up, but I know there are teams that don't play that kind of schedule for the rest of the way. Denver, Baltimore, Kansas City, there's three badass defenses right there. So I, I, I want to like them. I think since he's in – um, I don't think they end up winning the division based on their schedule, but it's hard for me to see them not winning a, a few of these games. And look, at part of this too on Cincy, I'm, tr- I'm looking at the wild card, Paul. I'm not looking yeah, at the division. Yeah, me too. I think they're going to lose at least three more games, 10 and 7. So you you do think they get a wild card team? Yeah, I think they're going to get in, okay, okay. but I think they're going to be closer to the bottom of the list. Yeah, and that, that I think that's fair. Um, and they could miss. I'm, I'm comparing to the Broncos and Raiders right now who are on the outside looking in, I think since he's better than them, no matter who they're playing um, and more consistent. I love Cincy, uh, even with the week schedule so far, I, I, I think they're going to find a way to get in. And, and maybe that's part of me hoping they get in because I said before the season started, it's a team that I want to do well because I want to be interested in this group because they're fun. But they're, they're, they have a chance to be fun for years. You know, the, the, the Titans are not the only team as the description of what this league has been to this point in 2021. Since he's also a great mirror image of the product we're getting, which, which is fun, it's entertaining, and it's very up and down. Because if you look at what, what Cincy has done, they're not going to look at their backstretch of their season and blame their schedule. They're going to blame who they've lost to. They lost to the Jets. Jets. And then they were blown out by the Browns so in a divisional game. So when you look at what they've done, and then they've looked unstoppable over the last two weeks with wins over the Raiders and Steelers where they, out, they outscored the Raiders and Steelers 73-23 to 23 over the last two the weeks. The Cleveland game to me is forgivable. They finish at Cleveland. You win that one. You split with the division rival. They've, they've swept Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know that ha- you you split with a division team that's not bad. Sometimes the Jets game, that's a disaster. How do you feel about the Broncos? I am really torn on Denver because they don't turn it over. Their defense is elite. I mean, I've mentioned all, throughout the day they only allow seventeen points per game. That is excellent. I mean that we all point to us. We all. I don't know if you guys agree on Buffalo. Buffalo's in the mix for the best team in the AFC. Because of their defense, right? Denver's yes. almost as good as Buffalo defensively, but we give them zero credit. De- yeah, I, I, because they're so li- – see, Buffalo is hinged on defense, but also has a great quarterback. Now, he may not be playing great, but Denver does not have that. And Denver's schedule is also brutal. Yes. At Kansas City, Cincinnati, at the Raiders, at the Chargers, Kansas City. I mean, that's brutal. Is stretch. it bad? So I don't I have think, faith in Denver at all. I'm out on Denver. I, when I think Broncos, all I think about is Teddy Bridgewater olaying that tackle with him. <laughs> and that, that clouds my well, judgment of the entire team. you get a snapshot. That's well, fine. Um, that's, uh, th- I can't get past that. <laughs> when I even evaluate their playoff credentials, I can't get past Teddy Bridgewater 
just standing up and walking away from someone he could have tripped up. Well, right, that's next a leadership to him. issue. That's that's well, fair. Everybody's there, got snapshot moments. To to be fair to Teddy Bridgewater, when he's in, they don't turn it over. And when he's been banged up, even if he's been hobbled for a series, Drew Locke came in. It was last week or the week before, briefly for Teddy Bridgewater. And on the series where Drew Locke entered the game, they threw a pick. No, we're not suggesting Drew a Locke's a better alternative. Well, they turned I, it I'm over suggesting on the play that, that if Teddy Bridgewater the gets hurt, they're done. So, I mean, it, maybe he should avoid contact and just worry about protecting the football because he has not, he, he has not been turnover prone. He's no. been injury prone. So stay healthy because he's better than your alternative in Drew Locke. So I, I yeah. don't I don't like Denver. But I, when you but when if he does turn it over, he's not going to make that tackle. <laughs> we know that. Well, because we saw a turnover on a play he was in, and no tackle was attempted. Anyway, um, that just clouds my judgment. And since October, probably unfair, but whatever. Eight games since we're October, honest on the show, right? Yeah. We share honest opinions. Eight games. I don't, I don't like them as a team. I love their defense. Eight games since October, they've scored over nineteen only three times. Now I know you don't have to score a lot because you're playing defense like that. But there's going to come a time where you're going to have to score. Denver, by the way, got three sacks last week on the Chargers and didn't even blitz. They, they got three sacks on Herbert, didn't even blitz. And Patrick Sertain. He's terrific. Yeah. Two more picks this past week. Um, NFC-wise, Washington. Oh, let's, I, let's go, go oh, to AFC for one more second. Okay. So I, I'm iffy about the, the Raiders. I'm done with Cleveland. I'm done with I'm done with Vegas. I think Indianapolis still has a chance. I'm done with Pittsburgh. Chad, you, guys you, done, you guys are done with Vegas, I'm even after Vegas. that win over uh, your beloved Cowboys and I'm how great d- that I'm, Cowboys team is. I'm done with Vegas. Nice little road win there for the Raiders. It was a good I'm win. done with Vegas too. <laughs> I don't see them doing anything, but I'm Jesus also I'm also done with the Cowboys doing anything. I've uh, been done with them as well. Please, but we'll I'm done. With, I'm done with the, I'm done with the Raiders. Uh, I'm Colts? done with everyone. I want, a, I want a 16 playoff. Colts? <laughs> yeah. Let's get back to last year. Let's get year, back to the 16 playoff. I'm done with all these teams. Colts? Colts are going to make the postseason. Colts are going to make the postseason. You know why? The Colts have something that is difficult to stop, and it's one thing they do very well, and it's run the football. They have a great offensive line, and they run the football. So who you're not? And there's not here. a lot of teams you can say that do it with that level of production. I know Chad's are. knocking out the Chargers. Out of that group? You're going to knock out Cincinnati, Paul. I'm knocking out the Chargers. Colts replace the Chargers. I really like the Chargers and the Bills, but that Bengals schedule scares the hell out of me. I think the loser of Buffalo, New England, is who I'm knocking out. I like that. Because the Colts throttled Buffalo. All right, I'm ready for NFC. All right. Um, How about if the Bills didn't make the playoffs this year? In that scenario. You want to talk about seasonal depression? If Think about Colts, Western New York. When if it the gets Bills dark early don't night, make the playoffs this year, it's going to get real dark. They're going to the Super Bowl next year. Let's, let's take a real look. dark. In let's Western take a New look York. at the NFC when we return. Uh, we'll, we'll go through some of the wild card scenarios: who we're buying, who we're selling, uh, and who we're moving out of the current playoff picture. That's next on Outkick Three Hundred and Sixty. We are headed to Atlanta. For tomorrow's show and then Saturday's show, Outkick the Tailgate presented by Farm Folio. Welcome back, Outkick 360, live from 6th and Peabody. Are we allowed to mention where we're going to be this weekend? Yeah, Ed? go ahead. It's not a state secret? You sure? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm just making sure. Are they going to sure. fire us? I don't, don't want to get in trouble for promoting an event. Uh, Saturday, we will be at Stats Brew Pub, downtown Atlanta, very close to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll be there from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. 
Looking forward to it. Clay Travis is going to join us. Uh, Pat Dye Jr., the agent and, of course, son of SEC coaching yeah. Auburn legend Pat Dye, will join us as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a crowded uh, venue as people are getting ready for the SEC championship game. So looking forward to our trip blast. to Atlanta this weekend. And, Hutton, we've got some television tonight with uh, Macaulay and NBA in the Division II-3A state championship in Tennessee. So excited about that. Yeah, we're, we're departing here in about 13 minutes for Chattanooga. Pump up. Championships in Chattanooga, We're going to be there in Tennessee. record time. We're going to be there in record time as the show ends. You there, know, you'll yeah, love you to see us are there. are going to be very fast. The, uh, there's always that traffic going into Nuga. That's why we get a. Uh, we're going to get uh, Clark Lee to lend us his helicopter to get there. That's how we're going to get there on time. We're discussing the NFL playoffs from the NFC perspective. Now we went through the AFC uh, on the bubble in uh, the NFC: Vikings, Falcons, Saints, Eagles. Uh, Eagles are Eagles are actually ahead of the Saints as compared to that graphic. Correct? Uh, no, Washington is ahead of. The Vikings, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, the Vikings are the eight seed right now, one step behind Washington. Saints can really help themselves by ending their losing streak tonight against Dallas. But uh, guys, I, I, I've been. I'm going to start this because I, I am high on Minnesota despite their record at five and six. I mentioned they they lead the NFL in sacks. They get two sacks a game minimum. They have 33 sacks through 11 weeks. And offensively, look at when you look at their numbers. They should be, record-wise, a lot better than what they are. They have lost three or four times now on a last second as time expires kick or play. They're due to win a close game. They, they, I two. mean, they are much better than their record. But I, I also would say like there is an art and a skill to winning tight games. Baltimore does it. Do Minnesota does yeah. not. Their schedule's favorable. At Detroit, Pittsburgh, at Chicago, Rams, at Green Bay, Chicago. Two games against Chicago, one game against Detroit. And now without Dalvin Cook, um, he's, he's, it's not season-ending. They have uh, Madison, who is their backup running back, who's very capable. He's filled in last year, for instance, when Cook was out. But you know, Dalvin Cook is their engine. Plus Pittsburgh, who's looking not, yeah. not so good to us. Rams, who are sinking right now. At Packers is the only like surefire, their dead game there. They, they are... Trending up if they could find one breakthrough game, Hut. Uh, I'll tell you who I love. The Philadelphia Eagles. I like the Eagles, too. The Eagles are about to win four straight games. Yep. They play at the Jets. They get a bye week, the late bye. Then they play Washington, Giants, Washington again. And then they finish. They get two there, sandwiched with the Giants in the middle. I think they're going to win four straight games. I think they're going to get that last playoff spot. And they finish with Dallas in a game that might not mean much to Dallas also. So if they're up against it, good, yeah. they, they could be in good that shape. Get them to, that would get them to 10 wins if they beat Dallas. But if not, nine and eight. they're going to be 9-8 and eight after those four wins. Well, and I think that would be plenty good. I, 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 do wanna, I don't think we're going to have as many teams um, content in Week 18 to sit guys the way we have seen in prior seasons with Week 17, which was always competitive with the divisional matchups. And here's why. Because now we only have one bye in the NFL, not two. So you don't have two teams that point. are okay knowing that, oh, even if we're the two seed, we have the week off. Dallas could be could be in the mix for a, a week off with a win. So could and, and there could be multiple scenarios that with a victory you have a first round bye which is extremely valuable 
Um, yeah, but Dallas is a good ways away from Arizona and Green Bay, uh, talent-wise and, and pr- production-wise right now. Sure. I, but I don't feel like they'll be in the mix for that buy. They're a good ways away, but, I mean, both of those teams that you just mentioned are a quarterback injury away yeah. from slipping, and then Dallas is right there again. So my, my, my point is that goes for both conferences. I don't think we're going to see as many teams just take a back seat on Week 18 because I think there will be some possible positioning not for for who gets a uh, who's hosting a game, but if, who is potentially getting a one seat. I think you could cross Washington off. I think you could absolutely cross the Saints off. I think what Atlanta's doing is admirable, but they're not going to. Yeah, the I agree. Forty ers are an intriguing team. Uh, I don't know what to think of them. They are playing very well. Uh, there, there, there's something about. Um, and the Rams stuttering. I, I trust their them. coaching staff in San Fran. But the, the crazy thing is Garoppolo wins when he starts, but I don't trust he's staying healthy. That's number one. But beyond that, I just don't see them as a team that uh, is road is ready for the road and the grind. I don't know. Elijah Mitchell is is quite the player. If you haven't watched him play, he's the uh, to me he's the player in the league that no one's talking about that's really really good at running back. And Debo Samuel's now banged up, but he's been good too. Um, they have some weapons that really are not household names. Hey, they've got some easy stretch here too. At Seattle, at Cincinnati, Atlanta, at Tennessee, Houston, Rams. So Seattle, yeah. Atlanta, Houston, that should be See, three I, I wins. I look at that game against that the Rams. That gets them to nine. The winner of the game against the Rams in week 18. Wins the division. Wins, no, well, no, not wins the division. I think Arizona wins their division. I think oh, the I'm winner. Yeah. I think the winner of that game Second gets in the place. postseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the no, winner, winner, winner advances. Loser is eliminated. They, they, they'll actually have an extra playoff game, and it'll be the final week of the season. Yeah, that I, could I think. Be the, I uh, think looking at it game. right now, yeah, yeah. just projections into the playoffs. There's a big jump to me from three to four. When you look, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks. Yes, I have so much more faith in those three teams than I do the fourth team right now, which is the Cowboys. It's a pretty Big jump from three to four right now. The Rams are the team that, personnel-wise, could jump into that mix if they figure it out. That's the one I would put in that grouping with the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks. I will say, though, you know, it's all about how you go into the postseason, like playing well and in rhythm. If the Cowboys turn it on, which they're capable of, like Zeke gets back healthy, fully healthy, and you've got the true one-two punch with Dak Prescott, on play action with Elliott at uh, churning like he was during the month of October. Watch out for Dallas with the hot hand if they get hot at the right time. And the Rams. I still the, like the these way top the Rams are built, the talent they have. And I think we've gone. Look, I understand Stafford struggling. I think we went from overrating Stafford now to underrating Stafford. I think Stafford will find his balance. And the Rams, you know, they're not like a shoe in for the Super Bowl by any means. But I think they'll be a competitive, interesting team again. Not not a not an easy road for the Rams left. They go they get Jacksonville at home. That's good for them. Amen. At Arizona, Seattle at home, at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and the 49ers about, to close out the, the season. Thing about Stafford, Ten wins probably. More than just the picks. He's had three straight games now where he has had an interception returned for a touchdown. Like yeah, not even are, touched on yeah, the return. Those are catastrophic no. turnovers. Yes. There's a difference between 
a turnover with no return and throwing it to a guy in stride for a pick six. I like Big this difference. isn't good for the Rams by any means, but I like when a guy's value is revealed somewhat by his disappearance. And Robert Woods, Chad, you were on this right from the beginning. Robert Woods means more to that team than, hey, here's a second receiver oh. to Cooper Cup. Well, he's also their backup running back, right. essentially, and in, the and way it, they use And him. in his disappearance, you really come to appreciate his value. They're That's missing it. him in a bad way. No doubt. We are uh, on the road to the ATL. Georgia and Alabama on Saturday. We'll get you ready for kickoff tomorrow in Outkick 360. and that uh, time. We'll also recap tonight's Thursday night football matchup as Dallas meets New Orleans Hope you'll join us. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern for Outkick 360. Have a good time in the Nuga, And while you're there, don't block the box, do lock the locks.